It's a, it's a, it's a ill mind that's still time filled and refined. Still getting mine in the nine half nine nine. <laughs> Don't touch the dial, you heard. What's good? What's good, everybody? DJ Geometrics here, and we're back with a new episode of the 9 at 9 DJ podcast. The online show with nine DJs on a roundtable panel discussing today's DJ topics. This show is brought to you by Beat Refinery DJ School at Bok to Rock. Learn how to make scratch and make music by visiting BeatRefinery.com. We have school locations nationwide. And it's time. It's definitely time for episode number 30. Um, we're streaming live right now on Twitch. Can't believe we've, we've done 30 episodes. 30, wow. bro. Wow. 30, God, 30, man. That's, yeah. that's, actually a, that's actually a milestone. Now, now that we're doing this once a month. <laughs> yeah, that's wild, bro. Anyways, for all the people listening to this episode on the audio podcast, stop by Monday nights, 9 p.m. East Coast time, and join us whenever we do our live shows on the Beat Refinery Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash Beat Refinery. Uh, if you missed any of our previous episodes, you can watch our past shows on facebook.com slash Beat Refinery or youtube.com slash Beat Refinery. Of course, if you prefer to listen to the audio side of things, this episode will be uploaded this Thursday to Apple, Spotify, wherever you consume and listen to all things podcast. So make sure to click like, comment, and Whoa. subscribe. So, yeah. On that note, tonight we're back. We're back with another all city edition of the Nine at Nine podcast. So this is this episode. We you know we did it. Uh, we did a all city episode with Spurg last time. So this time we're gonna do the Boston DJ scene. This is where we basically do a deep dive on a particular city's DJ scene. So definitely we're gonna focus on Boston today, and we've invited a great lineup of guest DJs from that city. So. Let's get on with the show. As always, let me introduce the rest of my crew, my co-hosts. First up, we got DJ As One. What up? We're back. Episode 30. Thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah, we're back. We're back. Next up, we have Sean J. Yeah, yeah. 30's the new 20, or so they say. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Nice. And uh, Doc Plus, as you can see, Doc Plus is not here today, but we do have somebody subbing in for him. So we do have a special guest co-host for this episode back with us once again in the show. You've seen him previously, uh, I think I think last season. But we have DJ JD as our guest co-host for tonight. Guess who, Pizak? Yeah. Yeah. And finally. Welcome back, brother. Thank you. By the way. Art, like if you wanna, if you if you wanna use your sound effects, man, turn it up a little bit. I barely can hear it. Turn the sound effects up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn my headphones up, son. Let's te- let's test out sound sound effect real quick. Give me a, give me a jigga jigga. Jigga. There you go. That's fine. Better. That's actually better. That's a, that's better. Yeah. All right. Cool. 
protect. Right I thought he was letter. playing those off his phone. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might be. <laughs> no, 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 There's an app for that. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about that. The koala sampler. Um, super dope. Koala sampler. That's right. Super dope. All right. And I'll go ahead and pass the microphone to Stylus Chris. Yes, yes. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for being here. Another episode, the 9 at 9. And as Gio said, we have a very special guest co-host, JD, Dawson Entertainment. We uh, we felt it was, it was kind of apropos and maybe... Things always work out the way they're supposed to, but you know it was awesome to have JD be able to join us tonight as a co-host because he he spends a lot of time in Boston, in Connecticut, in that the whole area there, and he's a, a friend of ours, friend of the Beat Refinery, and and also another educator. He educates for those of you that don't know, educates Berkeley School of Music. So we've got we've got the the love and passion of teaching about the culture of DJing, and with that. We always run it wow. down in alphabetical order. Our very first guest tonight, Revolutionary Clinics, online event, oh. Booming Systems, DJ Bobby Banger, Scratcher Techner, and Pescatarian. What's up, Bobby? How's everyone, guys? How's everyone doing? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Welcome. Fellow Pescatarian, yeah. salute. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. That was a healthy life. Yes, sir. Looking like you got a, a nice setup there. Is that your is that your uh, streaming setup that you're? Yeah, this is my streaming setup. Yeah, PLX's Pioneer S11, some phases, a couple cameras, simple stuff. Awesome, awesome. Nice. Well, thank you for being here with us today, man. We really clean, appreciate bro. It. Clean. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. What's up, AS1? What's up, brother? What's up? Thanks for thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Uh, next up, our, our next guest is uh, a gentleman that in Boston really doesn't need much introduction. He's been just providing not only entertainment for nightlife people, but also jobs for a lot of DJs, even including myself, who's kind enough to bring me to Boston back uh, 2012. Um, we've got a veteran of the game, and he was a DJ, and it was back in the day a little bit. And he was Selecta JL. Reggae hey, Extraordinaire. I like that. Pasha That's Entertainment, cool. 617 Productions. You guys probably, if you're in that area, you know him from venues like Rumor Venue District. Now he is Big Night Entertainment Group. Let's give it up for Jeff London. Hey, you guys. Very happy to be here tonight. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yes. Well, we're, we're really just thankful to have you here, man. As, as I was saying, you're an OG of the city, and I knew long long about you way before you knew about me. And so I, I appreciate you uh, being on the show with us and look forward to hearing like you dropped some insight for Absolutely. sure. All right. Next up, this gentleman is a 20-plus year veteran. And also a U.S. Army veteran. Shout to all of our U.S. Army, all of our military. Big ups. He first started making his name with mixtapes in the early 90s, then in the battle scene in the late 90s. He's an accomplished DJ, remix artist, a gamer, comic book nerd, and as I was saying, an Army combat medic. Official Rain DJ sponsored by Mix Emergency Jam Text and AGI Pro DJ. Let's give it up for Joshua Carl. Yay. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. 
man. Thank you for Thank being you here. For Great going. stream, also by by the way today. I was I, I enjoyed. You came it. in at a weird time. You came in when we were playing games. That you was get, that. You didn't get the full flex, but <laughs> that, my my streamers like to play those games. That was dope. I actually was very you know, it, it was refreshing to see. It was refreshing to to just flip on somebody's Twitch channel that you've never seen before, and like you see something you've never seen before, and you're like, well, that's. <laughs> That's interesting because that's hard, to, you know. And today, it's hard to do in the Twitch world. It's for sure. Like, wow, that was that was really dope. Yeah, definitely. And, Josh was like one of those early Twitch adopters that that was like so high tech with the tech, you know, like with everything. His, his stream was very, very unique. It's, it's I like that. High tech. We didn't have anything else to do with the tech. Josh, Josh was showing craze how to do stuff on Twitch and using stream I mean, um, the stream decks and all this other stuff. So like this guy definitely knows what's up. If craze is asking him for support, especially yeah, that Discord. Discord, he's got, they got, they got a lot of like good tips in there. And, and that, that was Discord. a moment when I get a message from craze and I'm just like, um, am I being punked? Who, who created, <laughs> I'm looking for the account to say like, instead of craze, like craze space, space, space one or something, you know, <laughs> right, like one right, of my boys, right. No, it's nice, man. It's always good to give back. That's when you get on this side of the hump, the grays start coming in. You start thinking about grooming. Grooming's probably not the best word. Uh, you start thinking about. <laughs> to double you start about, Yeah, you start thinking about how can I give back to develop what's coming next, kind of thing. So it was really nice to be in this position. And and that um, kind of what I think is really dope about Twitch and the world we live in now is. I, you know, I've known of you as a DJ from all your, your work radio and being like a guy that's very well known, traveling, hitting up a lot of other cities, uh, definitely a DJ's DJ. But then to never have caught you on Twitch because because that universe is so big. And then and then it's like, ah, this is why I know this guy, because this guy is always presenting something that's a, it's unique. And that's, you know, whether it's back in the day, you were one of the first guys I remember adopting like Serato video and things like that and like oh, really wow. taking it to a, another level. Um, so it's, you know, I always appreciate the guys that are on the forefront, cutting edge of things. Oh, thanks, man. Cheers. Cheers. Sorry, guys. My uh, internet was freaking out there. It's all right. You came back at the perfect oh, time. House, so. Yeah, right. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Born and raised be, just south of I'll Boston. and like one minute so cool hopefully if I, you lose me before then i'll be back on quickly you're live well we're gonna get you we're gonna get your intro in right now boston fairhaven mass he's been in the game for over 10 years and is the resident dj at one of the biggest nightclubs in new england royale which is located right in boston's theater district let's give it up for dj rm 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 Oh yeah, so he's we got here. him in. He's still here, so <laughs> we've got we got him in. Um, but thank you guys all for being here. And you know, let's just start by quickly. You know, if you've been, you know, we just said arms been around for about ten years. What about guys that have been twenty years now? Is that Bobby? How long? You still 20, 20 year vets here? How many? Yeah, yeah I'm in the ten year range. Ten year range, okay. Yep. And then, uh, to anybody hit the 25 <laughs> mark yet? Are we at the Close. 25 mark? Getting there. Uh, Getting there. 97, so. Yeah, right right there, pretty much. Wow. I'm uh, 99. Yeah, I want to say 99 for me as well. 
Yeah, awesome. I was 10 and 99, so I had to wait a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. I see how that goes. Right. I was working on it, though, I swear. <laughs> you got your stripes? I think, I think a lot of us, especially the guys that are in that age range, we, we had turntables long before we had um, gigs and and like actually playing out. There was turntables and there was records being collected and but it as in terms of getting into like the way it is now where guys can you know, oh, I I started trying to learn about two years ago and now I'm DJing in the biggest nightclub. That just wasn't a normal process for for the older generation of DJs. So it's oh, it's man. not not to not to be said, you know, the technology is dope. It changes and for everybody on this panel, I know we all are have embraced the technology. So at that point, absolutely, it's it is what it is, and you just you you can either roll with it or get left. So, but I do my, distinctly remember at that starting point when I was in, in high school, looking at guys like uh, uh, looking at guys that have been around for a long time, like a lot of the OGs that we look up to now, and being, like they were at like 15, 20 years at the time. And thinking like, man, that'd be that'd be crazy if I am at a point ever where I've been doing this for that long. And yeah. now, like, now you look back, it's like, wow, here that's, it is. Uh, that's wild. We're here. <laughs> we're here. Here we, here we are. <laughs> One of the perks of technology was that, like, I th I think a lot of us, as you get older, you start saying to yourself, "I'm not going to be carrying records when I'm 40." And nice. as soon as the carrying records thing was out the gate, we started going, oh, I'm going to do this shit forever because I don't got to carry anything anymore. There's no reason to quit. Um, when I was coming up, there was a couple older guys, and you guys probably had them in your market too, just parked at the dual den on deck with a cigarette and, a, and an ashtray, and they're just got their no. book of CDs. And a mullet. You know. Yeah, and, and you're like, this old ass dude. Now I'm looking back, I'm like, that guy was 30. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it's like, you know, but the thing is now, it's, true, it's, yeah. you know, like now it's not a big deal or it's it's commonplace to see somebody over 40 or even some of the, the obviously the OGs that are in their 50s, they're still doing it. That's not obviously for everybody. They're anomalies, but nobody really seems to have a problem with it. When I was young, you're like, that old guy needs to get out. Like, you know, he doesn't understand. Like, but a big, difference was, a big difference is that guy was still using that book of CDs while we were already in Serato for five, mm -hmm. six years. That's the problem. That's the difference, you know. He saw him walking with the book book of CDs. <laughs> and yeah. Josh, you, you, that was spot on. Like, that's exactly, I was going to say that right before you said that, but it, you nailed it. It's when, when the technology changed and allowed the, the human body to not lose to father time, so to speak. And in that sense, I was that guy. I was I, that I, guy I, at 21. No, I'm just, I, 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 this is a, he was working on his own. <laughs> Yeah, he went to grab his too. <laughs> you got CDs, bro. Yo, I got CD book right over there. Yes, man. No, yeah. Um, yeah th th this is my like my 2000s hip hop bible CD, <laughs> like all the CDs from the 2000s, just like a lot of the the, the cool stuff. But yeah, <laughs> I don't even know why I still have that. I should throw that. Yeah, out. It's, wait, wait. It's it, it's a good shelf uh, holder. It's shelf placement. It takes up space in the shelf. You know, I'm like man, I could use up. That much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole lot of coasters. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. 
But Stop. You, you know, we have we have that that luxury now though. As long as you can stay relevant with the music, I think the the age thing gets blurred and and all of us I think probably, you know, carry ourselves somewhat younger than most people our age just because we're doing things with younger people a lot. We know we need to somewhat at least pretend like we we know what's happening and relate to them because i think when you're called old that's when it's over and it doesn't matter how old you are right but when they're like ah oh, man this old ass dj but wow. you could be you could be 50 years old and they and they're saying this dope ass dj mm-hmm. and you know so it's when you start to actually equate the numbers that you get you get kind of pushed out so yeah. old i got 200 tiktok followers <laughs> <laughs> That's two hundred more than me. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> but you know, how, give us, uh, you know, JD, Josh, Jeff, you guys, the veterans of the city. Give us a little, paint us a little picture of of those like late nineties, or or even if you can go back even before oh, then. Like I remember, um, just as as a novice, but I remember in the early nineties going to see. I think his name was Bruno at the <laughs> Loft. Yep. Oh yeah. And, like the after hours joint, like that was, I mean, I was in heaven there. Baby powder on the floor. It was just like, it was dope. Really dope. So I, I just saw re- recently that Bruno is, was doing something somewhere. His, his health has failed him a little recently. Um, but yeah, he's, he has reunions like every so often. I believe they're on Thanksgiving. He probably does one during the summer, but yeah, I mean, he's super OG. He had a, uh, a record shop too called Biscuit Head Records, mm-hmm. and a Biscuit Head was that Biscuit was head that was the spot. That was definitely the spot. Yeah. Dope. So, give us give us like some of the some of what was happening in those in those early you know right as you guys were starting. Am I hearing Willie whistle? What is that? Am I the only one that, hearing that? I think, dogs I have think that, heard one. It's, it's a dog. It's probably <laughs> Aslan's dog. <laughs> Sean hit it on the head. Oh, it's like, it's it's a dog bro. Yeah. Oh, that sounds nuts. I thought it was a bird, bro. And I'm no. sitting here. I'm like, this yeah, is sorry, a, guys. I'm so This sorry. is definitely a New England thing, and it's an old New England thing. Early in the mornings, there was a show called Captain Bob, and there was Willie Whistle. Captain Bob, like, was the pre-Bob Ross. <laughs> And Willie Whistle was this dude that sounded just like that. So I'm what? like, somebody clowning us with Willie Whistle because we're from New England. I'm like, I swear to God, if you go on YouTube and watch Willie Whistle, you're gonna hear that and go, oh my god, that's the exact same thing. Wow, oh god. that's a great DJ name. Oh, Willie I'm Whistle. Just, yeah. Hey, I'm really sorry. Yeah, my, see, see what happened. DJ name, write that one down as one. <laughs> what happened during the pandemic was a bunch of people got pets. And they're not, they're not parents. All right. I'm a parent with kids. You don't hear any kids making any noise at my studio because they know, and you don't know how to parent to your dog yet as one. My kids are spoiled, man. (laughs) You don't know how to be a parent. You got a pandemic puppy. Well, here's the thing. I got, I'm also his cousins here and they're both like running around being nuts with each other. Yo, we now that now that the stream now, now that your stream is cleaned up, I realize that he's wearing a Larry Bird shirt. <laughs> yes. Nice. Oh, I actually got to switch this up, man, because Wow, oh. Larry Legend. Yo, where'd you Very get nice. that? <laughs> nice. He stole nice. it from your closet, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> this is a stop. This is a vintage uh shirt I copped in Thailand. Um at like a flea market. Yeah, dude. It was oh, a couple dollars. 
There's a couple. I looked at the stitching and I was like, I tried not to get too excited. I was like, oh man, this is actually from the '90s, bro. It's a, it's a Salem. Um, oh yeah, Salem shirt. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember that brand, yep. but it's definitely not around anymore. And uh, I was like, oh, I, the guy tried to charge me. I, I don't know how much it was, but then I talked him down, and it just was like two or three dollars. He was just like, yo, it's a white basketball player. No one cares. Just give it yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I, oh, I don't before, know. Before I don't it cleaned up, I had to go. I remembered I had it, and I had to put it on for you guys for the show. So here we go. All right. Respect. <laughs> respect. Appreciate you spending appreciate that, $3 man. on no the problem. show for this, <laughs> for this episode. Shout out to the great White Hope, man. Great 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 down from five Hope. bucks. There it is. <laughs> I can I can start I could talk on some stuff around like the mid two thousands, but I don't know if anybody has anything from before then. Uh, like, well, yeah, so the um the, the, that party at the loft with Bruno was was the first time I heard um non commercial dance music. And I didn't know what to make of it. I was just excited to get in because it wasn't like you could just walk up and get in. And then there was another venue um, called Rise that was shortly yeah. after that. That was members only. But if you knew the right people or if you were a DJ and rubbed the right elbows, you could get in. They'd have passes that you could acquire to get in. But it was like a members only club. And that would go till 7 in the morning. So from that like 95 to 2005 era when dance music was really, really big globally, Man, um, my personal favorite spot was Rise. It, they had a stack of subs. The room could completely black out because there was no windows. Um, the sound system was amazing. The It was tuned in a fashion where the, the person who did it tuned the amps to put out certain amount of frequencies to the speakers as opposed to just running you know, processing. So every speaker was basically running as hot as it possibly can dialed in with the amp. So... Um, I mean, I saw like Satoshi Tomi play there, mm. um, as well as some other like local legends that played there as well. But th those were the places that I was just like, this is a lot more than playing bar tunes for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and that's, I got real lucky. Like my ingest into DJing was very, very lucky. I DJed a little bit in college. I had a turntable and I played baseball at college and we used to just put on a, a box that played music. And I'm like, guys, I can kind of DJ a little bit. And next thing you know, like people are paying me. And then um, I was bouncing at this place called the Purple Shamrock. And it was like roadhouse, like Purple shamrock. When, when you think of Boston, and you've probably seen like the video of the guy getting like his baseball bat out of the trunk and beating up a bunch of dudes, and the bar fights that happen that spill out onto the streets, the, the Purple Shamrock was kind of like the birthplace of that. Oh. And um, I never really got in a fight though. I'd always end up. I was the talker, so I'd try to talk people down, and then the big guys come. And then the DJ was like, "Yo, I heard you DJ a little bit. I need to take a week off. Can you cover without batting an eyelash?" I was like, "Oh hell yeah!" And then I was just like, "I have like thirty records. What what am I gonna do?" <laughs> so, <laughs> so as I called him, like, "Yo, can can I borrow your records?" And he's like, "What?" And I'm like. I got like 30 records and, and 20 of them are rectangles. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know. What, what, I can throw on this, this electro break for, you know, a few times. for a whole hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, tones and shit. But that, like, it was, yeah. you know, it was blind luck. The owner happened to come in and I'm playing some cheesy shit and he loved it. And he's like, I want to give you Fridays. And I'm just like, okay. And since then, man, I've been DJing like at least, two to five nights a week ever since. So blind, stupid luck, you know. Um, wow. But that seemed was different, man. the mother of invention, though. Like, that probably, if anything, sharpened your skills and reading the room a lot better, even though you were doing it as a bouncer. <laughs> that, that makes a lot of sense. 
I, I think around that time, too, um, there was this early 2000s. In terms of the music, they were started um, since Boston is such a big college, you know, yeah, you know, I'm at hundreds of colleges in the area. A lot of international kids started coming in. So you're getting kids mm -hmm. from the Middle East, you're getting kids from Europe. Yeah. So they started in these international nights, um, M80 and in, in, in Rumor and things like that, where you had kids who had a different take on what I thought, you know, what, well, what was popular here versus what was popular for them at home. So you had this huge take on these international nights with, you know, different house DJs and, and you know, different styles of house music, um, which really took off. And they still to this day. Post. Do you remember uh, Pravda and Rafi? Of course. Yeah, that was, that was, I didn't know what that was until I walked in there one night. It was, yeah. like you said, Middle Eastern, um, you know, Southern Europe and, you know, music I've never heard in my life. I actually got to know, we, we lost Rafi a couple of years ago, but I got to know him and I got to know him because I'm like, what is this damn music you're playing? I've never yeah. heard anything like this before. Like, you know, like, and it's final. So it's not like Spotify or, you know, Shazam it, go get yeah. it, listen to it. It was just, you literally had to fight your way into the booth and maybe Jedi mind trick your way through somebody be like, oh yeah, that's my boy. I just got to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or the old wear the headphones around your neck and maybe you can be sneak in and went up to the booth and was like, Hey man, I'm Josh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I don't know any of this music. I love it. You know? And he was just, you know, he's an older guy. He's a couple years older than me. And he's just like, Hey man, he's like, yeah, you can kick it back here. I don't care. I didn't know he was like working at another record store. And then fast forward to 2000, I end up becoming a buyer at his record store. So it's nice. kind of, it's crazy how that works. And on the, yeah. On the other end, I think in Boston being so diverse and stuff, you had your definitely your hip hop clubs as well, and so you had the international, you had the what Josh said the kind of like bar scene, top forty music, and then you had hip hop uh, nights as well. So it was really eclectic, and, and then you know it, it was a crazy scene. I mean, it still is a great scene, but yeah, it was a. It was a very diverse scene back then. So and I, I remember. Is there like certain certain neighborhoods where the hip hop clubs are at, or in the international ones, and of course the bars, the bar scene. So the bar, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely in that time. It was like, uh, I think that like probably every major city has it. Just like, uh, um, we call it what was Faneuil Hall or that area, and it was just loaded with bars. So like streets that just have like bars on top of bars on top of bars um nightclubs were you know kind of spread out theater district you know there was one area that had more clubs but it was kind of spread out for for club for nightclubs they were more of destination spots as opposed to the the bar things you could definitely just go and run through like 10 bars clubs i think it was more destination you know if you were going to i want to go to hip-hop night i want to go to international night i want to see <clears throat> tiesto at avalon or something like that you were yeah it was more of a one you go into one club and that's it. Yeah, I, I definitely remember, you know, I think if any of you guys have spent time in D.C., you know that D.C. and Boston have a lot of similarities as cities because they're, you know, they're rooted in in like colonial politics and they're they're tied in that American Revolution. But they're also really transient cities with both Boston and D.C. are probably the cities with the most universities per square 
miles, you know? And so you have these waves just Jeff. Uh, and I'm glad you touched on it early because that was one of the questions we were going to ask you is, you know, could you, could you really imagine the city being as thriving and as vibrant as it was without the colleges? Cause I know in DC wow. when the, when the college kids leave, Oh, like, and you're a promoter and you're a host and you're on that kind of the business side of that as opposed to where DJs, a lot of times DJs show up, they just get their check and they're, they're off to their next thing where you're, you know, really have, you need to see it at a, a wider vision. And, you know, here comes July, August, it's just like, you can feel the a really like the wind is sucked out of the city. And how's that in Boston? I think it's two different things. I think, yeah, obviously those international nights suffer. Um, but I also think there's also an influx of people visiting the city in the summer. If you're choosing to go visit Boston, December is not the best time to go visit Boston. You know, well, I mean, you, know you want to go somewhere warm, you know. So I think we do get an influx of people in the summer. So it's great to have, you know, makes sense. Touristy, but yeah, there's definitely. I mean, all the all the kids go home. I mean, I, it's an absurd number of, of people that are. 20, like the, how the city expands, it's like I think it's almost by like half a million or something, you know, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. The other thing that happens in the summer too is we get this weird split where a lot of people go to the Cape and the islands, but then a lot of people from the suburbs of like like up up to Revere, out west of Framingham and down south where I'm at, they start going into the city more because I know the city's a little less saturated with students mm. so they're mm. they're more apt to like go into a city on a on a saturday night in say june than you know september when the city's in full oh, swing yeah so there's that's, a question that, right there does that change the sound of the clubs and the bars when that transient side flips when all the uh, people from outside of the city are coming in because the college kids are gone rm really has his finger on the pulse of that because his two residencies are uh, both bookend that situation. So I think he'd be the dude to kind of touch on that. Oh, we got hey, no audio. You're muted. Uh-oh. Or You can't hear me. You're muted. There we go. Now we got you. We get you? No. Did we? No, we no, don't. We don't no, no. <laughs> oh, never mind. Never no, mind. You're muted. We can't hear you. We got no oh, audio yeah. at all. There's like no audio at at, at all. all, yeah, there's nothing coming he, through. At he, all. He's not muted on the streamyard side, but no, maybe he muted it on. Maybe this, uh, uh, yeah, no microphone selected on the mic cam mic settings. <laughs> <laughs> How many things has he said so far that we didn't hear? Uh, right. Oh. <laughs> 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 Now, really, really quick, while he was working on that, I, I was going to mention, uh, Jeff brought up Avalon, which is obviously like a, an epic club. I never actually got to, uh, well, yeah, I never really got to attend a, a club night at Avalon. But I do remember when I was first starting out in the late 90s, they would broadcast live from Avalon on WFNX, which was the rock station at the time. Oh, That's what it was called. Like, Aval- it was called Avalon. Yeah, Avalanche. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. Avalanche. And, and WFNX is like a legendary rock station in New England. And uh, they would rebroadcast in Connecticut. They had a different ID in Connecticut. And I remember staying up and listening to that. And it was just, it was, it was so cool being a kid from not from the city who wanted to be in that environment. Mm. It was so cool to like hear that and have that, that opportunity to engage in that at the time. And 
you know, that was when uh, Louis DeVito was huge. Like all those New York City underground CDs were huge. Um, it was just a, it was a fun time. I it's mean, funny. Yeah. It's funny you say that because uh, I used to get out of my spot at like one fifteen, and I would literally, no joke, rush to my car so I could catch like the last half hour, 40 minutes. Cause up here on FNX, they, they aired access with Tim, with uh, Tim, Tim Ryan. And that was more like basement jacks and, you know, um, like the, like some big beat and some trip hop. And you'd always hear like the Armand remixes, like we're not like 98, 99. So all those like Armand remixes that were huge spin, spin, sugar, sugar, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, just hearing that. And then they'd go to like the live feed with the dude on the mic in the club. And you just hear the crowd just like, screaming and i'm just wow. like i'm in the wrong i'm in the fucking purple shamrock playing come on eileen i'm in the wrong that, that's kind of what drove me you know like and it's so, funny when i hear somebody else be like listen to the Tonga. same things yeah yeah yeah. i think it was it was axis not avalon probably yeah, but they're, so they're no the same it was complex, avalon so it was avalon, yeah. avalon axis embassy um they were and uh, what's the other one called? So there's four clubs. So Avalon probably there's called. a lot one below Embassy, right? There's like a little yeah, spot. yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, um, so it was Avalon probably hold I don't know 2,500 people. You have access to probably hold like 800, and then some smaller clubs. And you were allowed to walk through all five clubs. Every room had something dope. So you like Armand, like Jess's, uh, Paul Oakenfold's in, in Avalon. Then you have like some dope ass DJ and uh and Axis playing some like as Josh said. Then you go upstairs and there was an eighties <clears> room <throat> which was dope. And then I think there might have been like maybe a reggae room or maybe it must have been a hip hop room with uh yeah, DJ I Master Million different mm. Yeah, Embassy was hip hop a lot of times and at least on uh Yeah. On Saturdays, that's where I used to open back in the day. Yeah, yeah. You guys might remember uh, the first person that brought me to Boston um, and taught me anything about the city was Tom Mello. If any of you guys remember Mello, and and I think he was actually booking DJs at Avalon or for those guys for yeah. for a yeah. while. He He's like, out of New York. Yeah, he would be in New York and Boston, and, and you know, and I think you guys all know, but Armand is pretty much from Boston and. Didn't you know he's in New York when he became where he was? But you know he was a guy that I sat around watching DJ as a you know teenager through Tom and and those and Oshin is another. I think Oshin was more like Providence, but yeah, he's a Providence, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know the, the the dance music scene was always and just eclectic music or whatever you want to call it now, but just forward thinking was always really prevalent in in that area. I always appreciated that, and I think I think seeing. That that whole set, I remember that setup of all those clubs, like just like boom into one area, and just thinking that was not the norm that you would see in a lot of cities. Yeah, you know? all they in even, one. That's so true. I didn't know? go to it, but they even had like a Tiesto like block party one year, and I didn't even hear about it until like four years after people were talking about it. Like <laughs> four between, years after, like Fenway. Well, you know, it was pre-internet, so it wasn't like uh, you know okay. you're on Facebook. Yeah, no. Oh, where were you? Right. <laughs> it was more like um. Oh yeah, I saw and so at the Tiesto show behind Fenway, yeah. and you're like, "Say what now? <laughs> like, the what show? Where? Yeah, Tiesto, like they blocked off the whole road, and you know, I'm like, how did I not hear about this? So Tiesto um, did that a, a lot back then, like because I know in DC, we he he did it at Dream, Dream uh, nightclub. Uh, they did like a whole block party for Tiesto, but I think for like 
a couple of years he was doing that and like in different markets but but that was that's pretty cool to, to hear about that jd you just you opened from last week right two weeks ago yeah a couple of weeks ago yeah at, uh, at shrine yeah yeah i was there oh, shrine. I, I, I don't remember what you think they all yeah. blend cool. together nice way to come back into it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Segue. yeah. yeah. did you call him old <laughs> I I don't know. He still looks good. I mean, you know, you know, for for someone who's in his fifties, he's still. Although I did I did hear hear someone say that they thought he looked old. I don't think he looks that old, honestly. Yeah, he, he looked pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's like, not man. too bad. I I literally my quick story is I saw him what last week. I um I became a club father last week. I think yeah yeah. <laughs> I took a kid to uh, his first show. It was oh, wow. it was one of my students. And, uh, he, you know, the pandemic, he, he wanted to go to an EDM show and he asked his parents, they're like, fine, you know, when it's all said and done. And he's like, I want to go to Tiesto. And um, they were trying to figure out if they were going to like do uh, private booth or, uh, you know, private, uh, you know, sit up in the private section and VIP and not. And then I was like, dude, if you go for your first time, you got to like, you got to experience gotta, it. You got to get GA, bro. He goes, what's GA? I go. Just take a look. Yeah. <laughs> and then sure enough, he hits me back. And I'm thinking his parents are going to take him and they're going to get the private booth. And then they talked me into taking him. So, yeah, we were just in. The, I was sweating, man. We were. It was nasty. <laughs> <laughs> it was nasty, bro. I haven't been in, a, in that in that, you know, in that setting in, in, in quite some time um, or on that end. But it was a good time. Let's um. Let's see if, if we got RM's uh, audio yeah, working now. Yeah, you back, bro? Can you hear me? Hey! So I think you know yes, we'll be a little bit more successful on this end. Yeah, and and nah, it's solid. Sounds and good. shout out, shout out to uh, Little Rock in the chat. Yes. And what up, Little Rock? Definitely, Mellow, my man. Definitely. Um, shout out to Little Rock. All the DJs. Yeah, Geode. Yeah, Geode uh, subscribed, so thanks for the subscription. Yeah. And I saw Pete down, man. Yeah, He's man, Pete down. Pete another what? Pete down's in here. DJ yeah. with a, a lot of edits in most DJs. No edits, Dorados, That's for sure. Darth oh, Vader yeah. showing oh, up. Yeah. So, so Josh was Josh uh, was alluding to like right now. You know, Bobby. Let's go to you and, and RM and RM. Let's start with you. Like yeah. you guys are more like ten years in the game, and and get, kind of give us a picture of like where you started and, and how things are and the pulse of what's happening now. I mean, it, it really, <laughs> it depends what, it depends what, there's a lot of like little different pockets I feel like in the city and it, and, and it kind of creates the groups of who's working with who and, and who like almost has no choice but to work with certain people. So then like you end up with like the guys that play at like the hip hop spots and they kind of work together. Then you got the guys that play a lot of like the more open format spots, like me and Josh. We then like we work together and we work with like a group of guys. And I feel like that's kind of how like the city is right now. I don't know. I mean, they can probably allude a little bit more to if things have shifted in in different directions or not. But that's all I've really seen as far as the uh, as far as that stuff's gone gone. Um, that's what you guys were talking about music, like when uh, when students leave and when students are there. It really depends on the venue and who you're working for because, I mean, I, at the point I'm at now, I, I try to only work at, for certain people or certain places. Like if you, I mean, once you've been around the city a couple of times, you kind of know who's who and who wants what and 
which people kind of fit into what you want to do also. You know what I mean? Like, like Jeff, for example, like Jeff has never come up to me one time ever that I played, that I played a, a night farm and asked me to do something that I wasn't like already basically doing. I, and I know what Jeff wants and Jeff knows if I ever go in there, I'm, that's what I'm going to bring. I'm going to bring what Jeff's looking for. So it's like you kind of, because of those things and those relationships, once you get to a certain point, it makes it a little bit easier to be like, all right, this is, this is my schedule that I'm making. And it's because of these are the people I want to work for, not just the places I want to work at. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Interesting. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I definitely feel that statement. Um, yeah. I work with Josh, uh, you know, out of everyone here, you know, Josh and a couple of the guys is who I booked through and um, yeah, RM is right. You know, it's kind of more along the lines of like who you want to work with, you know, and um, actually what you're exposed to. So, um, yeah, in terms of me and how I got started, um, I'm a hardcore, you know, turntablist. I'm into blends. I'm into re- uh, remixing. Yeah, actually, actually, I met uh, when I said earlier, what's up as one? I met DJ as one in uh, the 2016 DMCs. Nice. Um, 2016. Okay. 2016. Where was that? Where was that? I was in uh, New York. New York? Oh, I think it was Highline. I can't remember exactly. Uh, Highline Ball. It Highline had to be. Ballroom. If you were coming from Boston, I was coming from DC. Like, boop. That's. Yeah. yeah. You and I, you advanced. You and I were top six and you advanced. And that was an interesting time. I didn't have a six minute prepared, but we're getting sad. Oh. That's oh, right, dude. You oh, came in here with the heat yeah. from 2012. Yo, no, no lie. As one set was fire. As one set was fire. So oh thanks, man. I honestly I don't remember what I did, but uh I'm sure if I go back, I'll think about it. But like, yo, mad respect to anybody that like, you know. One will step into the arena in this sense, and 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 I'm not saying like yeah to be big and bad. It's literally like you're putting yourself out there, and you're 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 displaying your art because a battle is like for that. It, you know, a, a DMC battle. There's no rules in terms of what you can do. Do what you want. It's sure. just heavily based in techniques, right? So, with that idea, you know, you're being judged already. You know, so just standing in front of people and saying judge me for who I, you know, judge yeah. me for my, my mind and my, my craft. Uh, that's already hard. But then uh, yeah. all the troopers that are willing to travel to get it, like, yo, respect to y'all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Much respect to you as well. And, you know, respect to everyone else in here that's getting it. But yeah, um, you know, DMC, um, DJ showcases in the area, um, you know, started subbing in for some guys. And, you know, the rest is history. Um, I became uh, a staple on a few rosters. So, you know, I'm okay. on a resident at, at Liberty Hotel. And, uh, yeah, we keep it moving like that. Where, uh, so you said <laughs> your first – where was your first residency, like, where you really felt like you cut your teeth in the club? Oh, man. I think that would be Savore, what's now called Savore. Um, I think it was the old district. It was, it was yeah. I think um, Jeff or Josh would know more about yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's old district. It used to be Trio, and then it was district, uh, which our company owned. And then, uh, yeah, it became Savoir afterwards. Was that the DJ in the kitchen place? What? Uh, when, it, when it was Trio, when, yeah. When it was Trio, yeah. yeah, Actually, yeah. It went Trio 180. It's called 180. Then it's called district. 
and then it's called Civil War now. Yeah, but yeah, he, the D, it was yeah the DJ was in the like a it was like a treehouse in the kitchen. You couldn't see the dance floor. Ooh, that's crazy. Oh, they actually have their sound up there now. They have the amplifiers and everything up there. I went up in there and I was like, I don't know how anyone was DJing in here. Oh, you Pretty went out there? Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah, it's crazy. But, you know, they switched it up. DJ's out on the floor. Um, yeah. I think they put a little stage now. But, yeah. I think, if I remember right, wasn't that a, when it was Trio? Was, that was a licensing move, not so much a space move. You guys who don't know, Boston has a DJ and dancing like permit that you have to have in your venue. So places, and I've worked yeah. in a couple of these myself, like they made me like, for example, Broadway, when they first started, they made me bring in like a cover and they're like, can you DJ without your computer? I was like, yeah, if you get me some CDJs, I'll make sets, you know, like, no, we can't have somebody come in here and see you DJing. And I'm like, <laughs> you can't have both guys. I can't DJ and not DJ in the same yeah. spot. Like it's either one or the other. And they're like, all right, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put up a partition with frosted glass. So when people look, they might be able to see the top of your hat, but that's it. And I'm like, in turn, I can't see anybody because it's frosted glass here. <laughs> yeah. And then it was funny, the, the one of the time they got caught, uh, our homie who just moved to Atlanta, Reggie Bees, who's like 6'5", just a big dude. That frosted glass was like at his sternum. And he's back there, headphones on, bopping. ABC comes in. They're like, you're not supposed to have DJs. <laughs> oh my so they had to go and spend the money and get the license. And I think Jeff, oh, you had that at, um, six feet tall at that yeah, spot. I mean, in um, the theater district there, didn't they have yeah. that for a while? The no dancing. Oh yeah. We had, we had loose rules. What? We didn't have, we did what they call a cabaret license. Yes. They wouldn't let us have dance. They let us have DJs, but no dancing. So, we had to put signs around the club that said, please do not dance. <laughs> All the DJs, I mean, obviously nobody followed the rules, but it was, it was hilarious. We tried. A yeah. lot of exposure because everybody would take. And so I'm like, you guys got to brand these signs now because it's like like everybody was putting it up on the Instagram or, or maybe it's before Instagram. I don't know what it was. But um I was like, you guys got to brand these signs because, like, it's hilarious that like, you have to put up these signs to say no dancing. But if you brand them, on the, brand it, you get some marketing out of it. Right. Instead of branding them, and yeah, it was pretty funny. No dancing sponsored by Moe. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't, drink and, don't drink and dance. Uh, now, re remind me, does Boston, even on the weekends, close at 2? It's, it's yeah. at 2. For the most part, yeah. A lot of places try to duck out before that. Like, well, they'll start shutting things down at one thirty. Some places go right to right to two. And if I understand, Jeff, you probably know this better than I do. A lot of places actually have a license that will go till three, but you can't serve alcohol after two. But most places abandoned that whole like, why stay open right. after two? Because what are you, what are you left money. with except for potential problems? Like, right. so some places executed on like leap years and uh you know the leap year day we have the extra hour or um new what do you eve. call it new, new year's eve or uh, holidays daylight savings time daylight savings. Like, like they'll do, do that but i mean this boston they go so hard so fast that by the time two o'clock rolls around it's oh, yeah. you don't want any part of what's gonna happen just get them out <laughs> 
Just get them out. So you guys probably saw, man, the first the first weekend we were open, the internet was littered with like Boston at two a.m. videos, and it was just fights, <laughs> girls with their shoes off, walking around screaming to people. It's just quintessential uh, Boston. We have a wheelchair at one of the clubs. I won't mention which club. And we were back the first week, and I saw over seven people get wheelchaired out. Oh, oh, yeah, oh my gosh. That I've never seen a wheel. I was, I was like, you guys are awesome. No. <laughs> that first oh, yeah, Royale was, uh, the last cocktail you can purchase is at 2 a.m. So you're legally allowed to finish your drink. But by 2.05, you, you have a security on, on you being like, get out. So, but I, but I remember, um, and I, I got to give a shout out to Hectic because – Hectic was uh, a DJ that I I definitely um, was connected to, and he took my gig down at Rose Bar, and then I took his gig with you at Venue, uh, and um, I just remember it was so packed, and this one guy just kept buying bottles of champagne for me and just sticking them up in the DJ booth, and, like, this, and he just... And I, I was like, I can't drink. There's no way I can drink all this. And then it was like, lights are on, and it was like, everybody get out. Yeah. And then you, oh, yeah. Yeah, they don't and then you walk anybody. onto that street, and it's just oh, like, yeah. oh, Exodus. it's just, yo, I mean, people, it's a wave Another of people. party. <laughs> they're just coming out, and everybody's just so hammered, and they're just all out in the street. And it was the most bizarre. I'm like with my DJ bag, like, oh, shit, like, I gotta get to my hotel. I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm not, I'm not from this city. So Jeff just fights. put a bunch of yeah. money in my pocket. It's right. I think it's, oh, it's, it's you know, it's, oh, it's scary. Then, it's scary leaving the club in Boston. It's scary. Yeah, one person recognizes you with the DJ, and then they yell it, and everybody's like, like I think Jeff. I think the last time I did venue for you guys was like a couple years ago. I'm walking out, and I have my back uh, backpack on. I turn the corner right on venue, and there's like. 500 people just littered in the street. And then she's like, oh, shit, it's the DJ. And everybody was like, hey. And I'm like, fuck. And then you got you, now. you got that one guy that says, hey, you didn't play my song. You know, the knuckles come out. Right? Let's oh, up and say, show your no request it. shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was going to say that first night, the 29th, after all those restrictions got lifted, it was definitely a lot of crazy emotions to go from. We, we and I mean, especially in mass, we were like at zero for so long. And then when right. they finally make the announcement, like they weren't even communicating with any of us, like very little. Then they make this announcement virtually that in two weeks, life is back to normal or in like 10 days or you know, whatever it essentially ended up being then things rolled downhill so fast and that first night i remember being inside royale and just feeling like i was doing something illegal like the whole time i was there i was like what i'm doing is like somehow not okay the place is an absolute zoo and then royale is actually one street over from where you were at venue so at two o'clock when the, yeah, i remember this only yeah. one hotel and it's so you have venue, then you have tunnel, which isn't open yet, but then you have Hava, you have Bijou, you have the W, anyone that was in the lounge, you have Royale, all these places let out. And it's literally, it looks like a block party. At mm -hmm. now, that yeah. specifically, <laughs> a block party after the parties? It, that night specifically, like every club was at capacity. They, every club had lines. People were just outside because they couldn't get in the clubs. So like, when I went outside, it was something I had, 
even being in, in Boston for a while, it, it was a scene I had never seen before. It was like, it was literally thousands and thousands of people and they weren't dissipating at all. They were like, we're not going home. That was actually the line for halal guys. <laughs> I believe Wait, you, you guys have one of those in your club district too? Oh yeah. 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 I think New York pizza for that. I just most Boston pizza's ass, so. Somebody on the chat just said they have a question about the crazy laws. Yo, Little Rock, Little Rock. Yeah, po you, post you away. Po post your question, man. Let us know. They are I'm also curious, while Little Rock's putting his question in the chat, I've heard of this context of this cabaret law thing. When did that stuff started getting enacted in Boston? Because I've only heard of that in the context of New York having this weird little spurt around the time Serato came to the forefront. So I, I didn't know if it was around the same time in Boston, too. No, it's always been around the yeah, it's always been there. Right. Okay. One of the things that happened though was everybody was trying to start a double dipping on making money. Like, oh, we can pull the tables and chairs up at ten o'clock and bring in a DJ and stay right. open till two. Like that became more of a thing. Ooh. Like ninety-five to two thousand five, even two thousand ten, <laughs> a lot of these places would have never have had a DJ because it wasn't easy for somebody to come in with a controller, plop it on a table jack into their house system and play music for four hours mm. so now that's a thing now like when people are putting in sound systems they're putting a pair of xlr ports somewhere in the venue and right. anybody can come in and plug in so everywhere has a dj the band thing in the city is really struggling like mm -hmm. really really struggling so everywhere has djs and obviously people especially at that point 2005 2010 People were just ignorant, I think, to the laws. They were just like, no one's ever, I've never been gotten a fine for having a DJ. We've had a DJ in here before. But when you're doing it Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and we have a thing up here called the ABC, and they yeah. make the rounds, and they, yeah. you know, they catch it. They came into one of my venues. It's a tavern. It's a relatively big venue. Um, we were a capacity, like 750 people, and just, you know, great night. And they, the manager comes up. He's like, we almost just got shut down. I'm like, why? He's like, we're over capacity. I'm like, we're busy, but we're not over capacity. I can tell there's pockets of movement. He, he's like, they said to me, our capacity listed is for seating, not for standing and dancing. Our dancing, our dancing capacity is only 300. Oh. And it's like, there's no way, because the place can fit almost 1,000 people. Yeah. So they're just, they're so, just like, listen, we're going like to hit you with this. Well, no, they're going to hit you with this unless you grease them or talk to the uh, right person or, you yeah. know, you know, toe the line a little tighter or whatever. Yeah. That nobody, nobody likes them. Nobody we likes them. We have, we have, an, a, we have the ABC well. as well. Nobody likes them and they do not like us. Right, right. They're annoyed that they are up at, at one in the morning and, and everybody around them is drunk and they're dead sober. Yeah. And it's just, it's, we have the, we have the ABC here too. And, and ours will, even come around with decimal meters yeah. and, and they'll, you know, in certain neighborhoods where, you know, there's residential mixed use and yeah, there's, there's going to constantly be that, that struggle and probably even more now because they're, they've used this time as a reset to, you know, okay. Some of the places that we didn't like, they're still, they still made it through the pandemic. So right. now we're, now we're going to try to hit them when they're down. Now they try to step farm them. Yeah. We had a spot that kept getting hit for the DB because they had those, like Boston has a lot of places with like the folding glass doors that open up into the street. Okay. So you can have like people dining and the windows open. So the thing with those windows is they're not airtight at all and they're not, 
you know, soundproof even a little. And this place got on the ABC's radar in a bad way because a couple of years ago, and I really don't even know what ended up having this. Maybe you guys know, dudes were literally disappearing from nightclubs, never to be seen or found again. Like people were like saying it would have been like, like I started reading some stuff about this, and I fit that description of what the guy was looking for pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) This was like honestly a thing for me. I was like, all right, so six foot ish. Tall guys, slender build with like I'm like, all right, with beards. They're I'm disappearing. They're disappearing. I could I could see you haven't even stood yet. I could tell how tall you are right Yeah, now. and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like, like you said, and someone yelled the DJ. I'm like, I was like, all right, listen. I don't want no problems. I'm just trying to get home. <laughs> yeah, so there's all these there's all these theories about about these people that go missing. Ending up in rivers and stuff. Wow, dude. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So one of those places I was working at. So who wants to bring me to Boston? (laughs) I got the perfect place for (laughs) you, man. Sounds like a party, man. Sounds like a party, man. But yeah, they came came over and they're like, the ABC's here, you need to turn it down. They're like, you need to keep it under uh, like 70 dB. And I'm like... That's 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 what we're talking right now. We're at seventy dB right now. (laughs) And I I actually pulled out my phone and I had a dB meter on it and I put it in front of my mixer. And she came over and I just went like that and it was like ninety (laughs) five or something. It's crazy. Yeah, we I think we have similarities in that in that sense of DC and the bureaucracies and everybody is is fighting for their their power their power struggle. It's definitely something to do with that shared space thing when there's any sort of residential anywhere near a place that's got a sound system with subwoofers and then all it takes is one one person to say, oh, my window was shaking. It's got to be too loud. And then ABC shows up and tries to shut things down and give people a hard time. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these places have like hotels or even apartment buildings above them. It's like... It's a nightmare sometimes. Yeah, hotels are rough. I, I've worked in a couple, and I one of my residencies now. They put in their thing. There's a nightclub in here. Beware. And most of them, they, they, they've never had any issues with it. But uh, there was another spot I had that a hotel upstairs, and uh, on like a Wednesday, they sent their um, like their handyman down because they were owned by the same company. They sent him down, and he took all the subwoofers out and didn't tell anybody. So <laughs> the the manager showed up on Thursday. And they, you know, what's going on with the sound system? It sounds weird. And they couldn't, okay, because the manager wasn't super tech savvy. So he's just like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, it must be broken. And then it took him, like, till Saturday when the DJ was like, yeah, there's usually a subwoofer right here. It's gone. (laughs) (laughs) And the hotel didn't even own up for it for, like, two weeks. They were finally like, oh, yeah, we took them. It was like a big sub for that guy to be moving, too. I remember (laughs) that. That is a crappy job for the day. Yeah, like to move that without getting asked, like it took some effort and energy. Yeah. Do you guys have um, any any new venues that open that were never open before the pandemic? Like in DC, there's like five or six that just True. like just popped up, you know, during during the pandemic. Like they actually took lease space at the height of it, and we're like, well, by the time we build it out, we'll be ready to go. Just the one venue with uh, Big Night Live it was only open on the JD. What four months? Yeah, yeah, yeah four or but five months. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. Yeah, that didn't really happen. More, more or less, more places were closing and disappearing. Yeah. yeah, happy yeah. that place. Some happy that as many places survived as they did. Never mind, opened up new ones. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Right, that's interesting. Yeah. 
Did did I mean, um have you guys have you guys like worked like uh, before everything went a hundred percent capacity? Like so I run a guys, uh, like, yeah. I run a spa in the Cape um, called Torino, so it's like the only nightclub-y spot down there that holds about six hundred ish people. Um, so it goes from that to with COVID, they had I could still DJ, but everyone had to be seated. Nobody could dance. The tables had to be six feet apart. So now it's like it's the summertime. Um, but now they're only doing the outside because no one's going to come sit down inside to listen to a DJ because it's the temperature. Everyone wants to be outside. That's the whole idea of the cave out here. So they go from 600 people charging $20 at the door to happy if we get 15 or 20 tables worth of people to stay to listen to the music for a couple of hours. So it's like, yeah. And it's just such a different vibe because now it's like, you're trying to get a reaction without getting a reaction. Mm. It's like make them happy and keep them entertained and keep them engaged, but don't make them get up and dance and definitely don't <laughs> make them bored enough to leave. So <laughs> the worst position. The worst sure. position. It's yeah. like you got to keep them on the edge the whole time. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll like, all right. Like, and that that basically in turn means you're on the edge because you're like, yeah, yeah. play like, this song, yeah. but I can't. Well, you're, <laughs> you're always one song away. You know what yeah. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. One song away. And unfortunately, we don't have everyone's Spotify playlist. So we don't really know what these people listen to every day. This is yeah. a new new set of 15 tables that yeah, I have exactly. to assess the, the nods of the heads at each of these tables <laughs> and see how I'm doing based off of how many heads are still nodding and still even paying attention. Yeah. So I, I, it actually, I feel like it made me a lot better because you have to like zero in on certain genres and certain, certain styles, because once you can like, once you hit a vein, you got to run with it. You know what I mean? And see how right. long you can go with it. And when you're playing three hours, three straight nights without people dancing, having to keep them on that edge, not being able to play the same sets because this is really the only place I'm playing. I'm doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Not going to repeat stuff Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So not only are you on edge, you lose three hours of ammo every time you come back. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's like yeah. I, it, as hard as it was, I feel like it definitely made me way better Like for now. Now it's like I go up there and it's a joke. It's like, oh, my God, you can play anything now. It's like everyone's going to go. You can play Cotton Eye Doe and they're going to lose their mind. It's ridiculous. That's my favorite part. Of have it. you guys? Have you guys been Jeff? Have the parties really returned hard? And since since you guys opened back up, are you, are you able to, you know, kind of see things, feel comfortable? Like, all right, we're going in the right direction here. Um. So I moved companies during the. I didn't work for 15 months. I started the podcast. I'm the promoter. He's a DJ with uh, Jason Smith. Um, nice. What up, Jason? <laughs> the homie. Um, so when I did the transition to Big Night, um, they had a lineup that, I mean, I, you know, some, the lineup that it was like Tiesto and Loud Luxury and 50 Cent and uh, you know, just a ridiculous lineup. We have a, you know, so the parties were beyond what you I guys had. Aoki, Pauly D. Yeah. Have you guys had a night that wasn't sold out yet? Not yet. No. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> Not yet. So nonchalant about it. Like, <laughs> I mean, we're right. We're right. Yeah. So you, that's dope, man. That is that's awesome. 
How many clubs are we running? Uh, we're running a Shrine, Three Scorpion Bars, uh, Grand Memoir. That's what six right there. Yeah. Uh, six, six major ones, yeah. And then we're opening Big Night Live next week with this lineup of Lewis the Child, Alesso, Deadmost, Diplo, and Cruella. So that's crazy. You guys are uh, not familiar, maybe. Um, one of the things that happened here is is called Seaport. And mm. 10 years ago, Seaport wasn't a thing. So Boston was this constant, like, this place closes down, somebody else comes in, takes over the liquor license, puts up a new sign, new group of DJs come in, drive it into the ground, flip <laughs> it over, do it again, flip it over, do it again. And then they started developing Seaport, which was our, like, waterfront area, which was all warehouses and boating and... Um, Shipping, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah and there was nothing there. You'd, you'd have no reason to go there unless... There was a couple of restaurants. There was Anthony's Pier 4, and there was uh, the World Trade Center. But other than that, and and this is a real deep cut, in the 90s, it's where our polyesters was. So Hmm. if you guys know that the chain. Yeah, we had one here, too. Um, Yeah, we definitely had one. But in the last, what, say five to ten years, that entire, like, small town has just done nothing but grow straight up. It's insane. Um, And it's... And it's all cutting edge. It's all like very new. Um, you're not going to go over there. And well, I mean, while there probably is a Dunkin' Donuts there, that's <laughs> probably not. <laughs> there's more. There's more Starbucks, and you know what I mean. It's not like it's not. Um, you know, backwards hats and flannels. It's more like you know, polished shoes and a clean cut shirt. Um, and there had never been on, on that front. There had never. There hadn't been a new nightclub built from the ground up in boston mm. i think in something i heard like 40 40 years maybe yeah, yeah. Wow. before, before yeah, we wow. built the grand like i said they kept just the yeah. Grand, yeah. turning places over so when that place literally it was like the sims just buildings just going up and like uh really really amazing places over there not the grand is amazing i saw quite a few guys there i love it and but the whole place is a destination and then they pop the casino on the other side of the water. So it's like Boston finally, after decades, was like, if we're going to be a competitive city, we have to start doing some things outside the pocket. And I'm glad, you know, I'm on the latter side of the slide, but I'm glad they're finally doing it, you know. I'm, I'm glad you said that, Josh, because my introduction to being in Boston was, I want to say, like three years ago, something like that. My wife and I were just trying to find a weekend a weekend place to go. We looked at plane tickets from Baltimore. I was like, let's go to check out Boston. Neither of us have ever been. We stayed in Seaport. And so checking into our hotel and then immediately walking outside and let's just take a look around. Went to Scorpion Bar, uh, went to the World Trade Center. And I was like, oh, this is not what I expected out of the city. And then we started going more into like the downtown area where it's much more older older part of the city and it started looking more familiar like what i expected and i think there's a big there's a big um it felt like there was a change of the guard happening when i was there as far as seeing these new shiny buildings in that scorpion bar venue that's really really nice in there compared to like the bar scene it seemed like it was very big so i'm curious at what point at what point did that change start to really affect um, 
I guess, nightlife as a whole, because it's obviously new. And like, if that's going to be the future direction of how the city changes going forward with that as the new standard, it, are the, the bars starting to close as a result of COVID? And then that is going to be the new replacement, these new shiny high rises and bottle service spots. Well, I think, I think part of it, one of the clubs we owned before the Grand and Scorpion Bar opened was called The Estate, which is right around the corner from Royale, uh, down there, right downtown Boston on the green. And that was a, a spot that was actually owned by Emerson College. And they decided, oh, wow. they, they decided they wanted to stop renting it and take it back and build that into, into dorms or a cafeteria or something. So, like, some of these spots that have been around for a while have been reclaimed and built into mm. residential apartments, uh, you know, things uh, that are are not nightlife oriented, yeah. right? <laughs> so I think that this transition kind of all happened at the same time as these venues being reclaimed uh, that have been around for a while. So the new ones are kind of replacing things that had been fixtures for a long time that are, are recently yeah. uh, recently yeah. gone. There was, a, uh, there was another club right literally next door neighbors. You can almost touch both at the same time. Um, that was kind of similar to the estate, uh, which was another like kind of a big room, a housey, a high energy venue called Whiskey Saigon that was mm. super yeah. popular for a long time. Yeah, and that one coincidentally they sold right before the pandemic. Oh, wow! So, wow. And it's crazy because I was talking to somebody that was very closely involved, and he's and they were like, it's they purchased it. They basically gave, I, I forget the amount of money, but obviously bought the school bought them out of the lease. But it's like, in hindsight, if they had waited a couple of months, they would have just been happy to have released the lease. Right. Because, you right. know what I mean? So it's pretty crazy the way certain things end up working out. But like like you guys are saying, when like they brought in, the, like Big Night's obviously built some beautiful venues with Big Night Live, the Grand's beautiful. I mean, that whole Seaport building over there is beautiful. Um, memoir. And like, but they also, when you lose places like Whiskey Saigon, who, which that was a staple, like six, seven hundred, eight hundred people every night. The estate, I don't know what their capacity was, but they were at capacity. Every, so, 800,000. Yeah, there was another bar directly under Whiskey Saigon that was massive. That helped a lot of people. So, you're talking. You're talking. You have at least two thousand students, even in between those clubs in that one generic, that one little area. Two thousand students that now have to find somewhere else to go, somewhere else to party. So right. it's like, even with those other clubs right there, there's just a lot. The you almost need some of those other clubs. You know what I mean? We we have the people for them. It now. definitely spread it out, and now we're getting yeah. um, the Fenway. Fenway is getting something too. So that's going to reinvigorate that area because before um, Seaport, obviously, like Jeff was talking about, we were all talking about earlier, Avalanche, um, that's not Avalanche. It's a house of blues now. So it's a concert mm -hmm. venue. And there's a couple bars and pubs and cool places down there, but there's not that nightclub down there. So that might return. I, don't, I haven't seen anything to what's going on down there. Um, I'm sure it's probably still under... NDA of what's what's going to go in there, but that's going to be another high tech type place attached to Fenway Park. So that's going to spread it again because when those when that, that was called the alley where the estate and was it Sugar Shack and um, that other spot, sweet, uh, yeah, the, all yeah, those yeah. spots. Yeah. Down there, those are all, those are all gone. Yeah. We lost all of those, and we lost pretty much 
all the main venues on Lansdowne Street, but mm. we gained all the things in Seaport. So, yeah, um, survive? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I've heard. I've heard they've gotten a lot of fines over the last like two months. So, Who, who's that? Cask and flagon. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of little restaurants have kind of popped up with nightlife things happening as well. Like I've definitely mm -hmm. seen a lot of smaller spots just bringing in a DJ and a controller, popping up a speaker or two, and you know, Bobby, how's getting how's it down? Doing? What's that? How's Savoy doing? Oh, Savoy. Um, I haven't been down there in quite some time, but it yeah. seems like they're doing okay. Yeah. They're still there. They're still chugging along. Bobby, where are you playing since we came back from the pandemic? Um, Who's playing so, some Edo? Hey! Oh, there it is. Who's playing Edo? Yeah. That's, That's Boston right there. Right? Yeah. That's Boston. That's what's up? Um, so, yeah, I've been... Um, I've been at Liberty. I've been at Alibi Liberty Hotel, which is, um, you know, so in, for you guys that don't know what it is, it's a just a large um, hotel down on uh, Charles Street in Boston near the Mass General Hospital. So, you know, they have a, you know, it was an old prison. It was converted into a hotel. And, you know, the architecture in there, it's, it's just really, um, really fire yeah it's pretty cool oh. it is pretty cool yeah it's right next to a hospital so you get too drunk just yeah exactly exactly <laughs> you're in you're out all right thank you, you borrow my yeah. you borrow a wheelchair thanks for partying <laughs> right there's literally a, a door like where we used to dj is literally a door like that leads to the hospital if the other door were to be open be inside of the hospital right. wow. that's funny <laughs> that is a very interesting uh, what are you doing after your gig oh i'm getting a acl replacement get an iv because <laughs> I, I gotta i gotta do something <laughs> get an IV to sober up. Yeah. Yo, the, the place is so haunted right it, yeah uh, it's it's haunted crazy haunted liberty and, yes Yes. Damn, you just stop Where? And then um, a haunted house. Oh. The uh, if you uh, what's the what's the movie um, set in Boston with the two Irish brothers? Um, every Boston movie. Every Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Good hunting. What? Uh, no, the one with um, you knocked a bunch of them off the list by starting uh, with Leo. With Leo DiCaprio. No, not with Leo. Oh my God, I always forget the name of it. Um, they the they turn into mercenaries. Gotta be a Wahlberg. There's gotta they be a turn, no, no Wahlbergs. It's it's like oh, it's actually one, Boondock Saints. Thank you. Three Boondock Saints. Saints. Oh, okay. so, okay. The scene where they go. where his dad, their dad is being held, like in the uh, he's got all the the ropes on Pick him and shit. Up. That's actually where we DJ. So if you go to watch that movie again and you're like, this prison is dank as hell, that's right where we DJ. That's called The Yard, and oh, The Yard wow. is now the lobby, and it's like a six-story oh, wow. vaulted ceiling with mezzanines that go all the way up on the outside. Um, it's pr it's a pretty cool place. Like I've, I've had the account for like five years, so sometimes I kind of forget what it is until I see somebody see it for the first time and they're like, this place is crazy. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it kind of is sleep with the lights on. Uh, I, would like to, I would like a chance to play some grave diggers records there <laughs> in the dark by myself. It's like, Bang, 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 just go nuts, man! Like, but Bobby actually held that down during pandemic for me. Um, Bobby seems to like it. He's got a smile. He's like, man, I like it. I love it there. 
it's a yeah. fun room. Like, no, it and, sounds it sounds dope. Stress and one of the most important aspects of it, and it, you guys know this, is the relationship we have with the staff and management is really, really good. Like they're excited to see us. They're That's they're great. like you know they're they're very forward with how much they like the, the guys that we put in there. That so that matters. It does. It really it does. does. Oh yeah, there's venues. Th- th- I've definitely worked at. It matters. You know when you're starting out and you don't have the you don't have enough clientele or, or you're not in enough circles to, to have a busy enough schedule. And, or if you're doing it for, or for a living and it's like, you kind of got to make sure your Fridays and Saturdays are filled. You can't pick and choose as much if you don't, if you're not as busy. And I've definitely worked for some places that you don't, you don't get as much respect as you, as you kind of should. And even sometimes in the, in the, the bare minimums I've worked at some places, there's, there's places in the city of Boston that I won't work at anymore. Um, I'll I'll keep that to myself. <laughs> I was like, right there. I was, there. I was, there. I was, I was talking about earlier. You know what I mean? I was right there. But you know, it's just cool. at, at the end of the day, we're all we're all out here trying to do a job. I mean, like like as one said earlier, like as we're playing, like we're we're putting like what we feel. Like you you think a DJ's out there playing music? They don't want people to have a great time and dance. Yeah, like. Uh, I would I would hope that everyone's doing their best to, to try to read the room to the best of their ability to try to make people dance and try to make people react and sing and do all those things because that's what, at least on my end, like, I don't care what I'm playing if the crowd is singing and dancing and jumping around and reacting. You know what I mean? So right. uh, it's there's definitely some places in the city that when you walk in, you you get that reaction because the because the staff cares too. You know what I mean? They're like, yes. they have a good night tonight. Uh, oh man, I saw you on the schedule early, earlier, and I knew I knew tonight was going to be fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like you get that energy when you walk in the door. That makes you want to like, yo, I got to bring my A game. Like, Go hard in the paint. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I can't half ass anything tonight. That's I'm, so much better than the other Boston greeting that you often get. Is hey man, how you doing? No hip hop. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that, a universal nightclub. You know, yeah, had, that's very universal. Um, yeah. I, uh, I think I had that you that was was saying that to DJs recently, and they all do though. It's everywhere. Yeah, and and I literally went up to the guy because he was a new manager, and I was there through the owners, and I'm the one running the entertainment. So like, I'm sending DJs there, and I'm getting these text messages of. Yo, the owner just said this to me. Uh, the manager just said this to me, and I'm like, they never say anything to me when I'm there. Like, it's only when other people. Then I got the sex a couple of times in a row, and I go up to him and I'm like, do you know what hip hop is? Like, do you do you know what hip hop is? I know you don't want a certain sound in your club, maybe a certain genre, but do you genuinely know what hip hop is? Like, do you know what Drake and Travis Scott are? Do you know who they those people are? Because it's like. You go up to a, a DJ and say, don't, don't play hip-hop. That's a big you, you say that to the wrong DJ, you know what I mean? It's like you're not hearing a lot of the top 40 lists, too. Right. So you, you right. just can't just go around and say, don't play hip-hop without not without also understanding that you're, you're, gonna, you're affecting the night in a negative way, if, depending on who you're saying that to. Well, well, now you can just say, "Oh, I play top forty because the top forty is all hip hop songs." It's all hip hop, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yo, <laughs> I literally now, yeah, yeah. No lie, no, no exaggeration whatsoever. Some of the guys in the chat know I did this. Someone told me no hip hop, and I was like, "Well, we can still play blah blah blah." They're like, "No, none," and I'm like, "All right." Went home, printed out the Billboard top forty, and crossed out 
everything that was remotely hip hop. And I was like, aside from the five ballads, the three songs you want me to play are a country song, country, yeah. Ariana Grande, and you know some other boy band. So I can play these four songs on repeat all night. Is that is that what we're doing? He's like, no, well, no. no, no. I'm like, dude, you hired me. Because See, I'm not smart enough to do that. I wish I was smart know. enough to do that one. That, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I, I, had a, I had a good relationship with the guy before, and I knew that I just needed to give him like the shot in the jet and the hip to be like, dude, listen to me. Trust me. Like, I'm your boy. I'm not going to, I know this is your place. I know you got money. I'm not going to come in here and, and do a trap set. You know, like, you, you hired me, you have the trust in me. Let me do it. You don't go to your bartenders and be like, hey, 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 don't don't serve that. Don't serve that. No, 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 no. Put that back. So why are you going to do that to me? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's you, like we you know, know we can't play four Meek Mill songs in a row. Right. We know like right. we know that's not that's not allowed because you know what I mean? You, like, you know what you're doing when you start going down these different alleys. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, you it's can not feel the it. style. It's the energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's the, exactly. So you it's can like, feel it. You would hope that you you hire guys that are going to manage that and pay attention to that and are able to sprinkle, you know what I mean? And do what they got to do, especially with things that are on the top 40 list where it's like, you got to play this stuff. Like even if it's some of it or a piece of it or a remix or something like you can't just say, no, no, this, no, that it's like, it's not that easy. And you can't say you haven't seen plenty of fights breaking out in the middle of an EDM set either. Like, let's exactly let's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Most people, of the, they don't get it. They, they in, don't, in the bar from Roadhouse, they played nothing but country. Look at those nothing but fights in there. Patrick Swayze yeah. almost got killed. I was just gonna say when you had forty records and twenty of them were and you were causing fights over there with baseball bats, you were, you were playing some rough stuff. Hey, R and B causes way more fights than hip hop, man. because yeah. because it's usually like some dudes like sees a girl movies like tries to move over and then it's another like that's my girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know I don't care who this is. Oh yeah. See, and, and that's why nightclubs don't work too well. So we got to have the girls there. You know what I mean? They cause a lot of the fights, but they got to be there. <laughs> that's probably what that's probably what Usher meant to say. I wouldn't go. T-Pain, Gio. Because it, it, it was T-Pain's buy you a drink song. I could hang out with a lot of fights. Internet. <laughs> Not a drink. <laughs> and you, you know, I want to ask Jeff, because, you know, we, we know um, from what you guys are saying, just some of the, you know, the struggles, but you guys are lucky. Jeff here is kind of, you know, been around a long time, understands the music, understands the culture. Are there, Jeff, are there other management companies, wow. ownership that, that kind of get it the way you get it and are plugged in like with these guys, like you're doing podcasts with DJs. You used to be a DJ. So are, are some of the other guys like you in, in town as well? Or are you more a unicorn to that? Can I cut in? No, Jeff is a complete anomaly. He is one of a kind. And I don't mean to blow up your spot, but he really is. There's not too many people like him. Like Thank in the you. city. I appreciate that. And Jeff pays uh, attention and he gives a shit. And I always loved that about him. I remember yeah. one time we were, I was at uh I was at Kieran Sunday. I can't unfortunately I can't remember his name, but I remember it was uh Lupe Fiasco's DJ. Uh he was playing so he like got added super late, so I ended up opening up for him and I remember he was doing a transition. Uh, between two faded songs and me and Jeff were sitting there having a drink and he slapped me on the arm and he goes, that's something you would do. And I'm like, this dude actually pays attention. <laughs> like when, when people are DJing, like, oh, this guy does wordplay. This guy does this. You know what I, mean? I remember looking at him like, all right, he gives a shit. All right. Yeah, you know what I mean? 
Like he actually does pay attention. Good, because I don't know yeah. what, if anyone else is. <laughs> we on the other on the other end. We were just talking about this the other day. I think on the podcast that I have taken a headliner off off of DJ and put the opener back on before too. Because oh, wow. it, it's it's. Wow. The you want to give the name? Are we here for it? Uh, <laughs> put it in the private <laughs> chat. Yeah. Put it in the private chat. I, and I think. Well, I'll put it this way. I think it was a scam artist too. Oh, oh, narrowing it down. That was a real scam. Yeah. <laughs> we'll call Sujit up after. <laughs> uh, but it, 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 as you guys know, it, it's, you know, the most important thing. Um, it's service in music. <laughs> it is. And these people have three hours to, to have a night. And you have to have good service. You have to have good music. And then the other things come in there, you know, lighting and everything like that. But you can make a room, any room, if you have good service and good music, you can make any party pop. And, you know, the extras and places that I work at, like the grand, beautiful places and aesthetics and CO2, everything like that, that's great. That's extra. You have to have good music and good service. And that's all you need. To be it's the foundation. Absolutely. That's what's up. How, how, how do you guys feel just on a whole and you can you know I want everybody to kind of take this quickly and you know like 10 seconds and pass um, but how is the DJ scene in in Boston are you guys connected are you are, is it like friendly or is it is there a lot of pockets of clicks and or is you guys it secretly unified? hate each other behind the scenes <laughs> maybe not you guys but but on the on the whole let's let's start let's start with uh, JD just because you're kind of like in the city a little bit and all over yeah, the place. I think, I think kind of like RM was saying, like each kind of genre or, or there are pockets for sure. I think there's lots of people who do get along within the pockets, um, but each kind of pocket does kind of represent their own set of venues and, and things like that. But I think generally yeah, it, it's a good environment. Yeah. Yeah. Josh. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so much so that I made it a thing um, about 10 or 15 years ago not to affiliate with any particular group or a group at all like um, I, I love Jeff and Ace and Frankie and those guys I've worked with them a few times I've worked with JD a few times I've worked with RM I've worked with other guys and I I have a genuine love for the craft which I think we all do and I want to expose myself <laughs> I want to expose myself. <laughs> oh, <careful. laughs> what? It's a family show. Pause. No, no, no. This Pause. is a show. <laughs> Clip it. Clip uh, it. Uh, to as many different, like, I, the more I see other DJs, the more I get inspired. And, and, and not in a biting sense, but just more in a sense like, oh, all right. Like, I can do that when I do this. And, and the more I see other people and the more crowds I get to play in front of, the happier I am. So mm. limiting myself. Um, I felt a while ago was literally just that limiting myself. So I try my hardest to like infiltrate different groups of people and, and just, you know, kind of break down barriers. And, and I've, I've had relatively good success in taking people from what I used to call the national league and the American league in the city <laughs> and, and putting them together. You know what I mean? Like these two dudes would never talk, but you know what? I'm going to book them back to back and I'm going to give them each other's numbers and let them, let them talk about the night. And nice. now they're, now they're friends. Now they work together. So I, I think that's important in a small city like ours. 
I, I honestly feel like sometimes the politics of the venues get more in the way of the people than the people do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if you play at these places, I hear you, that. Can't, you can't play at these places. If you right. play over here, you can't play over there. So it's like like I was saying earlier with like the small that small pocket of clubs, it's like pick a side, man. You know, yeah. Like, I'm like, just you know I'm a freelance worker, bro. It's like Big Night has their guys and they use all their guys and then like Pasha has their guys and they use their guys and then like being at Royale, it's like I can't go across the street. You know what I mean? And I can't play across the street. Because it's politics of like, well, if people like hearing you over here and then they come here and the DJ's trash and you're across the street, it's easy for them to get out and go across the street to see you. So you can't give them that option on a Saturday night. So it's like, then the poli- then even so the they should pay you more to stick around. There yeah. you go. They got yeah, to pay you us more. They got commitment. You know. Uh, yeah, you really want to pay me more. But, but, it, but it's still, it's, it's just <laughs> the politics around. of it because it's like you, just as a DJ and, a, and having love, like when I do my, when I do my schedule, I love playing different places. So like, I like playing at the Liberty because it's like a little bit, of, you can start the night with some throwbacks, some like really like, some really old school stuff there. And people, because a lot of people will be sitting down in the beginning and they're just vibing out. And then like, I'll, I'll go into a spot like Bodega where I'm playing like every Ja Rule and Ashanti track that I have for the first hour and a half. And that's different. You know what I mean? Like that's a vibe you can rock with that you don't really get many places in the city. And then you go to a place like Royale where you're literally just driving them into the ground until hopefully they never get there. But you know what I mean? It's like that high, high energy. And it's, it's definitely fun to be able to play a lot of different places. But there are a lot of, like I said, the venues kind of draw some lines that people don't actually draw. You know what I mean? It's like I see guys at, at venue and at, at Icon that are definitely talented enough to play at, at maybe even a Royale. But it's like you're on the other side of that fence, just like I'm on the other side of the fence of like I can't play over there. You know what I mean? It's like it's a politics game on the other end, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bobby, what do you say? Round us out. Um, yeah, um, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, um, Josh is kind of introducing me to a couple faces in this room. So, you know, he's definitely um, staying true to his word in terms of, you know, him trying to, you know, just kind of be a, a free agent and get in where, you know, things make sense for him not necessarily aligning with any particular click. So um, RM has been here for some time. Um, I think he's been here for definitely over a decade um, or around that time. I've never actually met RM, but we've played in the same, um, we've, we play the same venue, um, JD as well. So um, I try my best to um, not align myself with any particular venue politics and, you know, in terms of the Boston DJ scene, I think, you know, um, it's, it's kind of interesting right now because we we're literally just coming off of a pandemic, you know, so you right. know, going into, um, you know, starting to, when I got the text May 29th that, you know, okay, Hey, it's time to go. My mind was definitely wrapped up in, you know, creating DJ sets and actually feeling what the, uh, feeling the, the environment and the climate of a post pandemic um, DJ world. So um, previous to that, 
I was I was happy in terms of you know, meeting people and getting out and being uh, present on the scene. And uh, I do feel like it is a very much uh, growing scene. And we have some heavy hitters here. Um, and I think it's a it's a dope scene to be on. Just like any other scene, if you're, you know, if you're not willing to do the work and go out there and, you know, uh, perform and introduce yourself to, you know, introduce yourself to people and link up with other DJs and yeah. rock out, then, you know, you're going to, you're going to feel like there is no, um, there is no DJ scene here or there is like, you know, um, a, a lack of certain things, but I like it. I enjoy it. I think it's dope. I think one thing is like, it's like being at a job where, where, a lot of the positions are filled above you right? to a certain degree. So it's right. like for me to play a spot that Josh, just, just throwing out an example, like if Josh is running Saturday night and Josh is playing every Saturday night, for me to play Saturday night at this place, Josh can't be playing there for that night. You get what right. I'm saying? So right. it's almost to the point sometimes where it's like, all right, you have these cliques and you have these groups and they have their people and everyone knows who the people are, like in the certain spots. And it's like, I can definitely see how how it can be overwhelming for somebody starting out to be like, how am I going to get a slot over one of these guys? Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's not like I can definitely see how. It, so it takes a lot of work, and you, the people that you can tell almost immediately, the people that are going to be around for a while, and the people that are going to fizzle out real fast. You can tell, like, like almost within one conversation, and it's always the people that give a shit about the people that really genuinely give a shit that care yeah, about the what they're doing. Yeah, like I've met a couple of DJs, um, like before the pandemic. Like DJ Revis is one one I can I can shout out for sure. That like yeah, shout out Revis for sure. Uh, yeah. he, young kid opened for me once, and I was like, oh my god, like I'm like you're gonna be great, and he was like so overwhelmed with like you know what i mean just like happy with the compliment and i'm like yo you asked all the right questions when you already did all the right things when because you care you want to make sure you're doing it right the next time i saw every time i saw him after that improved so much you know what i mean and it's like you see the people that are in it for the music now he's one now he's on the club killers team he's one of the the people making their edits he joined them during the pandemic so it's like it's you, you knew he had the talent from the get-go just because he gave a shit you know, you know what i'm saying so and then on the other end of that, you see the guys that come in with the controller that bought the controller and the two speakers on American Musical, and it's on their credit card, and they're going to make the payment every month. And now they, like, just started, and they think that they should be in the club because they downloaded Mo Bamba, and they downloaded, you know what I mean, like a couple of these songs. So hey, if it, were, if it worked for Josh when he had only 30 records, it worked for them, right? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody to be, had to take that off. You're uh, clarification, the YouTube, it didn't, it didn't work. There's but, a radio ad in the middle of the song. They didn't even realize. <laughs> it was there. Oh yeah. man! It's like you see the guys that that'll fizzle out, and it, it, it's when you find one or two of them. You know what I mean? Because as big as Boston is, it is still small, and the clicks are still small, and everybody knows each other. So it's like when you find a couple of those guys, and you're like, "Damn, these guys are gonna do well." It's right. kind of exciting on that end too to be like, "Yo, this, I know when I'm gone, he's still gonna be." You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. and you also, you know, it's it's also good to surround yourself with with guys that you can build with, rely on. Even if it's like, hey, I'm a, I'm I need a, a night off tonight. They're gonna come in and do a great job for you, but not try to take your job in a way of like, hey, 
I can come do this gig for $250 less every week. You know, like people that actually respect your gig will go in knowing that they're just coming there for that one night and then keep it moving. Um, you said Revis, and I want to know, like, we, we kind of want to know, give us, each of you give us a name of, like, an up-and-coming guy that you like, and then maybe, like, somebody that we haven't mentioned tonight that has is definitely, like, a, a dope Boston DJ that people should, should know people about and people should check about. Yeah, exactly. So, RM, you said Revis so far, like, a younger yeah, so cat. I'll give a, a one bet that I definitely think, you know, I, I won't say he flies under the radar because he definitely is pretty much everywhere that he could possibly be in the city. But uh, I, DJ Case is definitely a guy that, I mean, he was on Amp Radio. When I first started out. How do you spell it? K-C-A-S-E. Got it. Um, when I first started out, I remember oh, I just I met him at Tunnel. and It's I C-A-S-E. Was, <clears throat> I was just there with somebody else. And... I, I got his contact, we exchanged info, I sent him a couple edits, and he ended up like having me open for him, and that was the first time that I ever DJed in the city. And he heard me play, we played back-to-back, and then like from there, you know, opening doors is expensive. You know what I mean? People don't realize if somebody gives you an opportunity, that's, that's expensive, you know what I mean? That's very, very valuable. So Of course. He opened so many doors by, like... He, I met Jeff through him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, just right. be like, hey, come open for me. I care. Um, you're really good. I want them to hear you. And the, and the only way they're going to hear me is if I'm there. Yeah. And so it's like, if it's, yep. not for, if it's not for him giving me the opportunity at a lot of these places, and yeah, definitely, like, obviously, my my ability kept, kept it going. But it's like, like I said, the, the getting the foot in the door is so much harder than some people realize. And he yeah. did that for me at a lot of places. And I learned... I, I wouldn't be the DJ I was today if it wasn't for him. I learned so much from him, and I feel like we learn a lot from each other. And he's just super talented. I feel like he, you know what I mean? He definitely doesn't fly under the radar, but he's like, <laughs> he's a dude that you can put him in any room in the city, and he's going to do well. So Hip-hop, high energy, you know what I mean? Like, he can he can play any room in the city. JD, who do, who do you got? Uh, well, I gotta, I gotta give much respect to Val Beats, who put me on in Boston back in the day. Uh, wow, just the Val Beats. Yeah, wow. Val Beats picking the streets. Awesome. So shout out to Val. Uh, as far as uh, you know, big DJs in Boston. Obviously, Buddy Costa was supposed to be on tonight. Uh, couldn't make it on, but definitely shout out to him. Uh, Vinny Vibe. Uh, but up and co- up and comers, I'd say uh, Caitlin is definitely DJ Caitlin is a, a up and comer. Uh, she was one of my former Berkeley students. Um, oh. Uh, Red Wave is definitely making some noise out there as well. Uh, Revis, like RM said, is, is definitely dope. So uh, those are the ones I'd be on the lookout for. Bobby, who you got? Um, I got I got a couple. Um, I got uh, on the up and coming side, uh, DJ Sunray. Um, I think he's you know real cool, down to earth, um, dedicated uh, person. He has a few edits on SoundCloud you can check out. Um, as well as uh, sounds by Frasia. Uh, she's, you know, she's actually one of my students and I took it in 2018. Okay. Um, she's sure. really dope. And um, my guy, DJ Bassy B, um, he does a lot of vinyl sets and uh, he's definitely someone that is going to be a little bit more present on the scene. Um, and also in terms of, you know, people that, um, people that are here, um, I'm definitely going to, uh, shout out my man DJ uh, Real P. Um, 
in the Super Smash Brothers. So I think these are uh, two. The Super Smash Brothers are two people. That's a unit to do it. And uh, DJ Rop is my person, but they've been putting in some work and uh, doing some dope things. Dope. Uh, Joshua, what you got? Yeah, this is a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> I'll co-sign with Bobby. Sunray is a really good dude. And this is a kind of a funny, weird little fact. He's one of the first... He's the first and last dude that I ever just took my handphones, headphones and headed, handed to him and just walked away and said, yeah, play some songs. It was slow. There was nobody there. This dude came into my venue and just chilled and watched. And like 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 RM said earlier, asked the right questions, super humble, super – this dude's got so much positivity coming out of him, man. Like he's just a super nice guy. So I was just like, you know what? There's nobody here. And it, here, have fun. And, you know, and he was just like, what? I'm like, go for it, dude. Like, who cares, man? And, um, yeah, super nice guy. Also, uh, we're not, like, super tight, but the dude that I always catch and um, my hair just goes straight back is Slip Wax. That dude is an absolute beast. Um, and uh, anytime I see what he puts up online, I'm just like, definitely in the turntablist click, you know, he's part of Table mm-hmm. Manners, those guys. But, man. Mm-hmm. Dude's an absolute beast. Um, th- this guy's that I use too, like like Pete. Pete's an amazing DJ. I love using Pete up here. Bobby and RM as well. Uh, Stevie B is one of my good friends from Vermont. He, I, I use him all the time. Um, DJ Kennedy from Connecticut as well plays at like Mohegan uh, quite a bit. Nice. I use him quite a bit. Um, nice. Eloy, DJ Eloy from New York. New York, um, right? Yeah. Eloy. So, yeah, so that's my boy. So um, you guys, I don't know if you guys ever saw it. Eloy and I had a show together for years on Remix Report, actually, on JD's show. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> yes, yes. you're taking report. us back. Video report. Yes. Video report. Yes, that's a flashback. You're taking us back. Yeah, Two, 2009-ish. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. I first so. started following you, Josh. Early YouTube days. That's right. Yeah. Right. So, so, yeah. So, uh, Jeff, round us out. Um. Well, in Boston, if I it's too big of a question. I'd offend uh, one million people because there's one million <laughs> DJs. That's um, I, that's why I let you go last. I thought hey. I'd give you the time <laughs> to like, <laughs> maneuver your way to this loaded question. No, I would. I would. Um, I think there's so many people that are talented. I think it's, and I think um, as we go back to the previous question about there's so many nights where I see DJs come and just the night off or off night, and they're just hanging with the DJ booth you know, doing their thing. I think it's so great um, that, again, one million people are all friends. But there's so many different rooms that people really fit in. And, uh, you know, whether it's the small venue, the hip-hop venue, you know, big house room or anything like that, there's so many talented people. And I think people are feeding off each other. Um, you know, there's so many, so much talent in Boston. And I think also with the talent in comes people trying to be better, you know, trying to, to get it to the next level. Um, right. Obviously, you know, now is over at Big Night, there's a lot of talented people over there. I do the podcast with Jason Smith, one of my favorite DJs. Um, up and coming, there are so many, there are so many people. Um, recently, I think in the past couple of years, I might be wrong about this, but I've only, in the past couple of years, I think Cisco um, has really... Uh, taking it to the next level. Um, That's for sure. He, I mean, he's, he's everywhere now, and I think he's done a great job. Um, but I think everybody um, 
you know, I can't, I can't name all. Well, you said it. You said it well. We're not going to put you on the hot seat, especially (laughs) since, (laughs) especially since you got a lot going on. And and I um, I just don't want my phone. It's eleven p.m. He answered that question like Belichick. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he answered that question like Belichick. He just dodged exactly. 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 (laughs) On to the next one. Yeah, spoken like an OG. I definitely, yeah. Shout out to Pete down in the in the chat. Yeah, that's a you know DJ that I don't know personally, but I have so many of his edits in my Serato, and 100%. so yeah, much respect, man. Keep doing, keep that's doing it for us, coming, man. Um, this has been great, though. I I think I think it's been awesome to have you guys here talking about the city. Um, it's it's definitely a city that I that I love. Um, I'm gonna be up there a bunch in the next year for some different stuff, so I'm gonna be coming to try to check you guys out, hang out. Um, give us, uh, we're just going to run around. We want you guys before we, before we take off and, and raid somebody else. And you guys also think about someone, you know, maybe Josh, think about someone we should raid, um, after this, that uh, might, at, might be a crew for, audio for you ones, guys. Audio one's first time DJing since his stroke. Oh, oh, that's great. That's now we're, that's dope. We're in there. There we go. Thank yeah. you. Um, you guys in the chat, hang around for that. Do not leave. Absolutely. Guys, let's not let's pay, pay respect not. to the, the mayor of the DJ world, man. That's the one of the DJ Twitch. That's also the homie audio one, man. Um, but you know, give us a, give yeah. us a, something, let us know what you're doing. Just give us something that you want to tell everybody. And then maybe something about Boston that, that you think people should know that they don't know. It could be anything. It doesn't even have to be DJ related. Just right. give us, uh, Bobby, we'll start with you. Just give us a, you know, I know you said where you were playing, but just remind us where people can find you and um, give us a little fact. Yeah, plug yeah. it out. Plug it out. All right, cool. You can catch me um, at Liberty Hotel. Where we'll, we'll soon be having, I think maybe next month, we'll start be starting like first Fridays over there. So um, I'm there a couple of times throughout the month, but more specifically August, first Fridays on Liberty Hotel. Um, on Thursdays throughout the summer, um, I work with a dispensary called Revolutionary Clinics, um, one of the biggest dispensaries in Massachusetts, maybe New England. Please don't quote me on that. Um, and we'll be doing some in-store stuff. On we were doing a stream, but you know, pandemic's over. It's hot out. Everyone wants to be outside. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be doing some in-stores on Thursday, uh, Thursdays, um, as well as uh, I'm part of a DJ septet called Harbinger. Um, Harbinger was an event that took place this past, uh, in January of 2019, which is seven DJs. Slipwax is one of those DJs that that Josh just mentioned, led by DJ Rob Swift. And it is- Brolic Army. That's why your arms are so big, bro. You swole over there too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I can't get too big, man. I can't reach around the back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, DJ Ross Swift uh, led that, and that was under MIT, uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. That's right, and that's right. Um, yeah, you'll you'll catch me uh, dropping some routines and some videos. I'm actually dropping an edit in a couple of days. Um, uh, Snow Allegra dropped her song "Whoa" in December of 2019, and I feel like it, it was a real like great r&b song that did not get to see we didn't even get to play it this summer so i don't know if you guys have checked it out if not check out snow allegra and um i'm going to be dropping an edit on that in a couple of days so check for that dope thank you 
Thank you for being here, Bobby. Thanks Appreciate for being you, here. Man. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. RM. Um, well, my quote-unquote main residency is uh, Royale. Uh, I try to frequent as many spots as I can in the city. Uh, right now, obviously, with things just opening up, I've in my uh, residency in the Cape, I've been so busy between that and a lot of other things that I haven't been able to lock down too many of my the other spots. But, you know, hopefully with Tavern opening up, I'm sure I'll be in there shortly. I got Nights at Bodega coming up, Water Club in Quincy. That's a nice spot. Um, and, yeah, I mean, my Instagram's at DJ period underscore period RM. So I always post my stuff on there where I'm going to be every weekend, you know. And uh, if you anyone's ever in the city and they want to come out and have a good time, look me up. Word up. Do it. Sir. Our special guest host, thank you again, JD. You're the man stepping yes, in for us. Um, give you. us a give us a little give us a little closing. Yeah, uh, you catch me at, at Shrine at Foxwoods, uh, two hours south of Boston, all the time. Uh, I'll be up in Boston a bunch though at all my big night spots. Uh, I'll be at Memoir on July 23rd over at the Encore uh, in Revere. So definitely check that out. Uh, yeah, fortunately, a lot of the club gigs are are take are on the wayside now with all the weddings and all that stuff coming through. So you know, trying to make that wedding money, yeah, fill yep. in fill in that club money. That wedding uh, money is different. I guess. Yeah, man. Yeah. I yeah. see. Yeah. I see. Stuff, you got some nice events going. Shout out on. to Dawson Entertainment. Yeah, Dawson, yeah. Dawson, Dawson Entertainment on IG. Yeah, yeah. Check cool. out. Check that out at Dawson Entertainment. Check me out. Uh, the the club side of things at the real DJ JD. Yeah. Awesome. Dude. Joshua. Uh, let's see. Uh, starting off, uh, I'm playing with uh, G-Love uh, from G-Love and Special Sauce Tuesday. I was just going to say. Nice. Um, and then I have um, my normal cycle. Like I generally DJ every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, occasionally Sunday in the circle of residencies that I have. So I basically have these like eight venues or eight slots and I kind of pick what I want and then I fill in like rm will hook me up down in torino and some other people will hook me up some other spots and i have a monthly residency at down so i basically i'm always working and it's usually that open format kind of like drunk vibe which some days i hate it some days i love it but it's 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 where i'm fitting in right now so um and of course twitch uh i am on the road for 3k followers i am uh, about 50 short so if uh, you guys don't follow me on Twitch, if any guys could throw a link in the thing here, that's why my lights have been going. If you, I don't know if you guys saw that. Anytime somebody follows me, my lights start flashing and shit. Um, Damn, you just getting followers. Oh, you are yeah. very <laughs> impressive with your setup over there. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. For real. Um, I saw Josh's setup during the pandemic, and I didn't even try. I was just like, because <laughs> well, so I don't want to come in second. So if, I, if that's what I have to compete with, I don't even want to play well, we bought the house and it had a studio in it. And I'm like, well, what else am I going to do besides, you know, like it's where I practice and everything. And then I, I had been streaming actually like way back in 2010 from clubs. And then I'm like, well, I can definitely do this from here. And then wow. just it just kept building and building and building. I learned OBS, got invited to the OBS beta and then started like giving and taking on plugins and stuff. So like it just it just took off from there. So um yeah, other than that, man, just living living the life of Riley. <laughs> no doubt. Nice. And amazing. And Jeff. Uh, you can find me on Jeff London underscore on most uh, 
most social media. Um, and then we have the podcast. I'm the promoter. He's the DJ. Yeah, we got to check Smith. that out. Oh, wow. It's, 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 it's good. Yeah, we get some good segments. There's a uh, segment called uh, Story Time with Uncle Jeff. And that's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't reveal the name for the, the – the celebrity that I deal with, just uh, <laughs> enough hints that you guess who, who it is, and we some really funny stories. Um, I like the Yelp reviews. I do, yeah. If you guys ever know, <laughs> you guys know this: that any club in the entire world has a two-star or under Yelp review. It's just how it is. So these Yelp reviews are unbelievable because um, you get denied from a club. You write, you know, one-star review. You had, you're hammered and you couldn't get in. You go right on Yelp and write reviews. So I read them out loud on the uh, the podcast. They are fascinating. It's hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> it's a special uh, kind of person to leave a Yelp review. Yeah. They're always so happy. They had a timestamp on them because they, they got to be at like 3.30 in the morning. Like They got like profile pictures. They've oh, been yeah. everywhere else. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so check the podcast out. It's hilarious. Um, you can find me at all the uh, big night events. Um, and uh, something about Boston, um, people think it's just a major sports town, which we didn't get into because that, that would be like a five-hour show. Um, <laughs> but the diversity of Boston, I think, you know, you can go up the street, see RM at um, his residency, hear a dope, like, high-energy thing. You can go two, four streets over if Bobby's over at Save Wild Plain. The mix, you know, hip hop, and you know, sometimes they have different nights over there. You, can, you know, or you go to big night. It's the diversity. Josh down, you know, to rock and some bars. The diversity, diversity of music is is pretty. It's a pretty awesome city. Uh, born and raised, um, it's an amazing city, and it's a growing city. And uh, I love Boston. <laughs> and and happy birthday to Jeff. He can finally He can finally rent a car. He's only up to insurance. Awesome, uh, awesome guys. Uh, well it's that it's, it's that time to end the show. So once again, give it up one more time for our special guest, DJ Josh Carl, Jeff London, DJ RM, Bobby Bangers, and of course our guest co-host, DJ J D. Thank, Thank you guys for coming through. Thank you. As always, to everybody tuning in to our show on Twitch, please stay in the chat. We're going to pay for it and raid into Audio One's channel. It's his first time DJing back, so that'll be, that'll, that's, that's going to be awesome. So basically, stay put in the chat. Uh, again, if you missed any of our episodes, you can watch our past shows on Facebook.com slash Beat Refinery or YouTube.com slash Beat Refinery. And again, if you prefer to listen to the audio side of things, make sure to... Uh, Listen, look for it on Thursday. We usually upload every Thursday to Apple, Spotify, wherever you consume. Listen to all things podcasts, so make sure to click like, comment, subscribe. Uh, next episode of The Nine at Nine will be back next month. But come back again to the Beat Refinery channel. We, you know, we usually do a lot of our live shows. Either we do our Hall Pass Mondays or our live music playlist shows. And that's every Monday, 9 p.m. East Coast time, so everybody... Tune in for that, twitch.tv slash beatrefining. So thanks again to everybody for tuning in, from all of us to, to everybody just tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Okay, everybody, say peace. We're going to raid into Audio 1, so make sure to stay put. Yes.
Peace, peace, peace. Show peace. some love for Audio One, man. Definitely show some love. Make sure to let everybody know you guys are coming from the Beer Finder channel. So post up those emotes. Post up we those gotta... Audio One emotes, emotes too. So. Yes, sir. Yeah, he's yeah. got the he's got the new partner emotes, the uh, the animated ones as well. Oh yeah. Oh dope. It's really fresh. Dope. All right, thanks guys. It's Dude, been thank you guys. Thanks, real. guys. Thank you guys. Have we yeah, waited over yet? Amazing. We're coming. No, we're still here. We're still here. Well, we're we're gonna be yeah, in this studio. Just about to Even no, I'm watching. Over. I'm watching on Twitch oh, too. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, we're still here. We're still here. We're still here. We're still here. I'll be right back. I'll be right back.